my babies, and welcome once again to Poker in the Ears. I'm Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan. Happy International Day for the preservation of the ozone layer, Joe. A day I can't help but feel if we'd observed three decades ago, maybe mankind would have stood a chance. If we'd observed it even once, for even one hour, maybe we could have... Oh, boy, it's hot in here. Uh, we are out of the WCOOP trenches. We have survived. Full recap coming up on today's show. Howard Swains will be with us to tie it up in a tidy little bow. <laughs> also, coming up on today's show... Sorry, I now have a vision of Howard Swains with a bow in his hair. Oh, that would be adorable. He's, he's, he looks like a young man, but also a, a, a man-man at this... You guys will see eventually. Also coming up on today's show, bonus interviews with Spraggy and Tonka. Do you do you think Tonka knows most of the time I'm abbreviating most of the A's out of his name? I'm pretty so, sure. Also, it'd be really weird to say, hello, Tonka. Tonka. <laughs> my, my dudes, my babies, I haven't even had a chance to tell you about my wild rides I've been on to Philadelphia and Palmdale, California. Well, let me tell you guys, you're in for a treat because the card counter finally came out. I've been talking about it for two fucking years. <laughs> and let me tell you, it has been a world, a whirlwind, a world, a whirlwind. Uh, hey, why not hmm. both? Uh, I haven't had a soda in almost a month. No real story with that. Not going to touch on it later in the show, but I'm proud of it. And uh, it's my podcast and I'm announcing it at the top. Well, okay, then. I figured you would be a little proud of me. I really this don't think it's that hard to leave fizzy drinks alone, Joe. No, it's fucking really hard. This week's super fan is Aaron Knapp. Uh, you remember him? He was the Fra Roche dude from San Diego. Oh, yeah. I thought that was quite a neat little gag, a neat little reference. He's also the fucking guy who knocked me out of the tournament. I and, didn't know that. Yes. And what I didn't mention that day in the podcast that I forgot later is that like two seconds after they knocked me out, they all made a deal for like a lot more money. So I was oh, pretty. Man. You should have told me this before I accepted a super fan application. It's fine. It's all whatever. Uh, Aaron is here to challenge me to mall rats. And honestly, if, if I had remembered that he was the one who knocked me out before five minutes ago, I would have watched the movie again again to make sure that he did not win today because this MFR has gotten enough of my shit. Okay, well, silver lining, Joe. I'm assuming that he's based in the state of California, so he can't win a real money PokerStars Good. ticket. So you're not going to have to be commentating on him playing at the Sunday Million final table on Monday. Okay, um, good. Just want to say thank you to Ant-Man, Bounty Bob, and your band, and everyone else who said kind words about last week's episode. Do join the conversation in our Discord channels on the PokerStars Discord server. Uh, link in the podcast description. Also, thank you to Marius, who has volunteered to be our Mishima superfan. That is going to be the specialist subject the week after next. And that is when we are going to talk to Paul Schrader writer-director of The Card Counter. I say that, Joe. I'm hoping it's confirmed. Uh, I believe it's confirmed. Let me. I, I'll, I don't want to do it right now in the middle of the show, but remind me afterward and just make sure it is confirmed. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, let's go. Let's talk about The Card Counter. Uh, flew out to Philadelphia for a Poker Stars Focus Features Card Counter sneak preview. A uh, couple of Poker Stars PA players got to come out and uh, see this movie a full... 15 minutes after it was released. Uh, <laughs> in order for me to be able to go to this, we had to do it on a Thursday. Technically, the movie came out on a Friday, but you know how it works now. They have screenings on right. Thursday nights. I, um, but I've said all along, and we discussed this on this very show, I think the appeal of this was not that it was a preview or an advanced screening. It was the fact that you were there to do a Q&A, um, I guess you would have liked it if more people had turned out. But hey, it seems like the crowd who did show up had a good time based on what I saw on social media. Yes, exactly. Um, I, I met really cool people. The folks who did come out were incredibly uh, were, were, were fans that have been around for a long time. Uh, I got to meet Tom the Mod. I got to meet Accidental Grenade. Uh, I And... 
the pandemic really put things in perspective for me uh, for taking a lot of travel for granted. So I actually, you know, I was in Philly. We did the podcast last week. When we wrapped that, I got dressed and went and walked around Philadelphia for the day. Uh, It was really cool. Jen Shahadi, who you guys know is a, a Poker Stars ambassador, lives in Philadelphia. She met up with me. Took me to a really cool coffee place, like in Little Italy, and we had cannolis and coffee. And I, I walked uh, for like three hours that day. I ended up having a really great conversation with Joe McKeon, uh, World Series of Poker main event champ, over Twitter. He wasn't able to make it to the movie, but we talked about Philly a lot. Uh, we got to give away some PA Coop tickets uh, at the screening, which was really fun. After the movie. I went out with some of the fans. We got Philly cheesesteaks. We had shots. We killed a drifter. It was just. What? Yeah, no, that part is like, you know, we don't probably. What's the statute of limitations on that? Anyway, uh, the people meeting the people was the best part. Uh, meeting Tom and Jeff and Mark and Mike grenade guy, his wife, who makes really great eye contact when she talks to you. Um, I wish I wish we could have made a video. There is a video that got put out that I think is actually kind of fun. If you guys want to give it a watch, uh, I, I tweeted it last week, uh, as did the, the the Poker Stars USA account. Um, I wish we could have done more videos from there because there was like a lot more of Philly to see. Uh, you know, the the sort of nighttime fun thing we did with the with the PA players was really really cool. So uh, I was only able to stay in Philly for like twenty four hours though, because I had to get back to LA. Uh, for an LA, I'm calling it a screening, but it really wasn't. We, me and my friend Lauren, uh, just bought up like 50 tickets, uh, for a showing at the Grove in LA. And I guess now is a good time as any to talk about now that that was kind of awkward. That was more awkward than seeing it with strangers because my friends all came out of the movie saying they loved it. Yes. Are you worried that they weren't being honest with you? Yeah. I just wanted to be like. Not that they weren't being honest. They just be like, it's okay if you didn't like it. It's fine. Like, I'm your friend. You can tell me. And it's like, it's not really my movie. Uh, and I just didn't want anyone to feel as if they needed to say uh, that they liked it, even though they didn't. Because the movie's kind of polarizing. It is, absolutely. And I think you can see that in some of the reviews. And we've discussed this already, the disparity between the critics' reviews, which are running around 85 86% positive, and the audience reviews, which are only running around 40% positive. But as I said, I do think it's about expectation versus reality. Yeah. This is not an Ocean's Eleven-style gambling-themed movie. This is a dark exploration of a character with demons. It's classic Paul Schrader territory. And if you go in expecting that, you will be rewarded. If you go in expecting something different and you're not into that kind of movie, you might not enjoy this. And I've seen some of your interactions on Twitter, Joe, with people who say they don't like the movie, and that's absolutely fine. I think the most interesting thing for me to see is the sheer volume of interviews that you've been doing. And it was a useful reminder to me that I do think that 90% of the work you did on this film was before a single frame of footage was shot. I think it was the notes you gave on the original draft of the screenplay. And I think it's just making sure that the way that the game is talked about, the way that the game is referenced, feels authentic there's very little poker in the movie but it's set in the poker universe and that's the bit that you wanted them to get right and i do feel that you were able to steer that in the right direction correct and something that you know um wasn't abundantly clear to me until i saw the theatrical cut of the movie although i had an idea was that uh there's really only one hand of poker in this movie right like i'm I'm kind of in a weird spot because i don't want to discourage poker players from going to see it but i also don't want to be honest i sorry i don't want to be dishonest um and so really there's there's only one hand of poker through and through in this movie um and i just there were more and i carefully choreographed and constructed and and sort of created curated these hands uh, to get across what Paul was trying to get across in each of the times that we were supposed to shoot something. And basically what happened was, I don't think anyone really realized, as you know, James, as a poker TV producer, how much coverage you need yes. to shoot a hand of poker. Correct. Um, that you need everyone's faces, everyone's hands, everyone's literal hands, everyone's poker hands. You need flop, you need turn, you need the chip movement. And so when we're on set, 
it quickly became clear we weren't going to get a chance to shoot that with all these other things. So we were supposed to have a second unit shoot. Paul was like, keep track of everything that's happening. Um, we're going to, in a couple of weeks, couple of months, whatever it is, we're going to get together in a studio and shoot insert shots of all this other stuff. I now wasn't expecting that, right? So now I'm taking insane notes on the back of like any piece of paper I can find because I'm like, shit, I'm going to have to remember what all these hands are, where the chips are, how, what, what all the bets were I decided everyone should be making. Luckily for me, that never came to fruition because of COVID. Right. And maybe it never would have anyway. But I think the movie's better off without it. As far as what they're what they're trying to achieve, it's not really necessary. So one particularly shitty troll was like, there's no poker in this movie. What the fuck did you even do? And without trying and I'm not replying to him uh, because he's a jerk, but for people as you just said James there was a lot more that went into this about getting poker right other than the hands but yes I want to make sure that people don't go in expecting a, a bunch of poker hands it's a fucking great movie without it and the hand that is in the movie I do want to discuss with you and I do want you to break down for us but we're going to wait because as yeah. we've kept saying it's a staggered release across different markets across the world and want everyone to have a chance to see it before we actually dedicate an episode of the podcast to breaking down this film, discussing the poker in the film and doing a super fan quiz about the film. We'll talk to Paul Schrader about the making of it. We'll talk to Paul Schrader about his overall career, but the actual Poker Movie Monday recorded on a Wednesday, released on a Thursday about this film is probably weeks, if not months away. And I'm going to save my mom texted me a, probably a 500 word review of the card counter, which I'm going to read for you guys when we finally do that. Uh, other reviews coming in from Matt Savage, who's still trying to claim that Lucky You is a better movie, even though I'm pretty sure he hasn't seen this. Uh, he's clear. He's purely basing it on the title. Norman Chad was tweeting his reviews yesterday. I don't think he liked it that much, but recognized that uh, it just probably wasn't a movie for him. It wasn't necessarily a bad movie. And then yesterday I had a brief Twitter feud with Tiffany Haddish when uh, Chris Hansen, my co-host from Poker Night in America, uh, watched her on the Ellen show and decided to tag her in a tweet yelling at her for not mentioning me while she discussed the card counter on the Ellen show because Ellen's a poker player. Ellen likes playing yes. poker. And so Tiffany specifically on the show says she did not learn anything new about poker. And for the people that haven't been listening, it's hard for me to get the message out to everyone all the time. I've been very clear about the fact that I did not get to work with Tiffany as much as I would have liked. I literally got to get her for one line and say, hey, please don't say this line this particular way uh, is the only time I really got to talk to her. Tiffany replied, so as a joke, I wrote, me and Tiffany Haddish are officially feuding. And she replied, do I know you? <laughs> <laughs> and then when I explained it, she was like, yeah, of course I didn't learn anything new about poker. We only talked like four times and then we had a dinner together. So uh, she acknowledged my existence, remembered, uh, remembered remembering me and uh, had a nice little interaction. And she did end up following me on Twitter, which was kind of cool. So. Uh, Tiffany lives up to the fact that she is a, a very nice and generous person. Uh, very quickly, right after this screening, the next morning at 9 a.m., I head out to Palmdale, California, in the middle of the desert between L.A. and Vegas for a stand-up comedy festival, but it was a, a competition. And uh, I was told that I almost didn't make it in the competition. Some people dropped out. I got in. And the way it worked, it was like a poker tournament. It was really cool. Um there were 48 comics in it, and there were four starting heats, 12 comics each, and only three comics got through each round. I got through my heat. Um, so I automatically made the top 12 of 48. But as cool. usual, I bubbled the final table. Oh, no. Um, so in the heat of 12, that narrowed down to six. Basically, the guys who got through were like, the Spraggy and the Tonka of comedy. <laughs> not not all timers, but profitable. Not amazing, but not amateurs either. Like, these guys flew in. They were ringers. You know, it wasn't like Bill Burr flew in, but it was guys that, like, went deep on Last Comic Standing and are, like, actually 
touring road comics. So I was a little disappointed not to make it to the final table, but uh, but it was cool because you know it's just like a poker tournament. I said as long as I get out of the first round, I'll be happy. Yeah, and I was ecstatic. But then when I bubbled the final, I was like really really bummed for a couple of days. But I'm all right with it. But honestly, what has consumed most of my life for the past month is W Coop. Well, the 20th edition of the World Championship of Online Poker is now over. Done. Dusted. In the books. Finished. We made it, Joe. We got to the end. And I can't tell if I'm coming down with something. I can't tell if I'm sick or oh. just utterly exhausted from the final few days because the main event coverage, which is genuinely the highlight when we stream these online series, yeah. it was also really hard work three really long days and maybe just maybe you come into that last day thinking it's the final table how long can it go the answer to that question is long the longest final table of the series shorthanded for a ridiculous amount of time the chip lead switching back and forth and i think the most surprising thing about last night in addition to the fact that the guy who came in as the short stack ended up winning it was the fact that there was no deal. You look at those payouts, you look at the pay jumps, you look at how shallow the stacks become by the end, and you expect that the variance factor will force them into a corner Well, they'll chop the price pool. No. I think this is the first big buy-in main event of an online series we've covered where they didn't chop. Yeah, you know, it, it, it really was a very intense series in general, and I felt like the level of play we saw was exponentially better than last year. And I don't even mean that as a backhanded compliment to, you know, as an insult to last year, the, the intensity of the play we see now, nobody makes mistakes anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I think that also sort of contributes to the fatigue that when we are covering live tournament poker, it's just slower, uh, you know, by, by an order of magnitude, and when we're covering online poker, not only is it faster and more things going on, but the intensity of what we're covering. So it's all concentrated, too. So it's it's more of it and it's more intense. And I just think that that whole thing factored in. I was pretty surprised to not see a deal either, but I just think that everyone's like such a fierce competitor at this point. I think we might end up seeing deals less and less, especially when we see this many talented and accomplished players at the final table, right? There was no, there was no like sneak in satellite winner. There was no like, Oh, this guy usually plays five hundreds. These were, I think yeah. everyone had either a W Cooper or a scoop already. Right. Yeah. I think you're, you're right there. So it was the Russian player, crazy Lissy again, someone we've seen time and time again, who took it down, got the lot $1.5 million plus the trophy. Pascal LeFrancois, the runner up for $1 million plus um <laughs> run her up for a million <laughs> i know ridiculous right uh, but of course there were two other tier main events there was the low and the medium there was also the player of the series competition um we need to wrap up this series we need to talk to our w coop correspondent he's got the looks he's got the brains he's howard swings so Howard, we just talked about the high version of the main event. That's the one we were streaming. That's the one we watched to its bitter end. Uh, what happened in the other two, in the 5.30 and the 55? Yeah, uh, well, very good night for Sweden is the short answer. So Swedish players won the low and the medium. Uh, Pagan Jr. took the low. That was 180k. That was a heads-up deal there. And uh, Festen... X won the medium. Uh, there was no deal there, so that was more than, worth more than half a million dollars to that player, 549K. It's pretty surprising that there's only one deal, actually, in any of the main events. But yeah. uh, it's such big money and such big ROIs, they usually chop it up. But yeah, only in the low. Uh, that, was the, um, that was the only deal. Um, the key thing we need to know 
are the final stats because obviously you have the stat tracker on the blog we rip it off and put it on the stream but even yesterday <laughs> we didn't have all of the tournaments that were concluding on the final day we didn't have the main event numbers so the only thing we know for sure is right there were 306 tournaments right 102 hold, hold events on a with quick three second. Are, are, is it actually done because every time we like we're like the w coop is over and we're doing a podcast so it's like and w coop victory lap is happening with nine more events and no it's over there's six six <laughs> saver events and complete i mean howard okay, tell, yeah. me, tell me please tell me i'm not wrong all 306 <laughs> tournaments are over now they are yeah there were a couple of false starts i don't know if you saw that like some tournaments started and then got cancelled and then restarted so there and there are all these side events as well but from the core w coop yeah there were yeah. 306 tournaments from 102 oh events low medium and high on each and they are all now done I'm pretty sure there's not going to be an after party or whatever they called it, but uh, yeah, we, we are done. So <laughs> if, you, if you're ready for the full stats, I'm going to give them to you now yes, with all the caveats that this is just me and a spreadsheet, but here we go. <laughs> uh, so I had 1.4 million total entries. Uh, if you want the exact numbers, the, they're all on the blog there. Uh, prize pools made it up to $122.3 million and first first places paid out $18.3 million. Now, all of those are actually records for WCOOP. It's never been bigger than that in any in any of those uh, metrics. Wow. Well, that's great to hear. Uh, while we're talking numbers, I'm going to assume that the 5K main event had the biggest prize pool, which was $10 million, and the biggest first prize, $1.5 million. But I'm guessing with fewer than 2,000 runners, that was not the biggest field. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, so every year, actually, the, the phase events get the biggest fields. So they're the ones that have multiple starting flights and you're able to enter like over and over again. Uh, and then it all goes through to like the day the day two, which sort of like then plays to the winner. Uh, and the and the $5.50 phase event actually had 141,000 <laughs> entries. <Yeah>. That's not 141,000 <laughs> unique, 141, unique players. It's 141,000 entries over all those multiple flights. We don't know how many were multiple entries uh, you know, you can have tons of goes in it, but it's still an absolutely enormous number. Uh, I mean, there were 46,000 entries into the medium version. Do we know how many hundreds of those were Lex? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the, the ambassadors certainly fired off a bunch, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the biggest, like, normal field, if you like, was the low main event that had 40,291 entries. And then, and actually, the low series saver had 27,000, actually, nearly 28,000. <laughs> in that final week and if you want the biggest freeze out i.e so the, the, the tournament that had the biggest number of like players and no re-entries that yeah. was a five dollar fifty freeze out in the first week fifteen thousand two hundred and sixty one runners cool impressive stuff i mean i guess the most impressive thing was the performance of brazilian players and we talked about it pretty much every single night just watching their number of titles go up and up and up Again, I think it's worth underlining, we saw record-breaking performances by two nations because Russia broke the record from last year as well. Yeah, like at any other year, Russia would have won this. Like, so, so no one's ever had more than thirty-five, and Russia got thirty-seven this time. It's like it's if I ran, it's like if I ran a three-minute mile, and then someone ran a two-minute mile right after me. I'd be like, "What the fuck? I just ran a three-minute mile." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, there's just. It's kind of ridiculous. Like, uh, you know, it has to sort of top out at some point because, you know, it, I don't know where all these titles have actually come from that they've suddenly won. Like, because it doesn't really seem to me that anyone, you know, won none or anything. Uh, UK wasn't that great this year, but uh, but Brazil weren't even like running like massively over expectation heads up or anything. Because I also looked at all the runners up and they had 54 runners up finishes. So they, they came first 57 times, second 54 times. <laughs> There were like at least three Brazil one two threes that I can remember, and so it was, uh, you know, it was just it was just completely mad, and yeah, and, and Russia was brilliant as well. So, yeah, kind of like a very very dominant performance though this time. Okay, before you start rattling on about the underperformance of the UK, let's talk about one of the United Kingdom's <laughs> finest, Talalsha Kirchi. Uh, we're going to focus on the player of the series race now because when we spoke to you last night, it looked like it was a done deal, or was as close to being a done deal as it could be with a few events still to play out when we saw Talal at a final table last night I said on air that must seal the deal Talal must be player of the series yeah I, I think I think it did actually I mean we, we've always got to pile in these caveats because uh you know we've been stung before with player of the series but uh 
I, I, as long as the tallies have been sort of broadly accurate as we've been going along this series, uh, Talal's done it, yeah. I mean, like, he actually probably won by more than 100 points. I think it was like 120 points. And it wasn't even Patrick Leonard who was second. It was this uh, Fonbet Roulette, the uh, Russian oh, yeah. guy. But there was only actually one prize for overall. And Talal won that. So that's, that's 25K. It's kind of funny that... You know, of all the players, that the, the, the person who for whom the money means probably the least, it's probably Talal. Uh, but he also won the high leaderboard. So that's another 15K. So there's 40K from the 25K from the overall, 15K from the high leaderboard. And he even like made the payment play, uh, paying places in the low as well. So he, he like, you know, he just was brilliant. Uh, three wins. Yeah bunch of final tables and and like sorry to say you know patrick leonard whiffed everything he ended up bubbling uh, uh if you can call it a bubble he sort of finished just out of the paying places in the high uh and then didn't make it in the medium or the low and then finished third in the overall so he was leading for so long at the beginning he thought he was going to do it and then uh yeah probably en- has ended up with actually nothing from that i mean I know the player of the series is about tracking consistency, but I think this also feels deserved because didn't Talal win like three titles this series? Yeah. yeah. So him and Yuri Martins, Yuri Nerd guy, they won. Uh, they won three events, and and as you, you're right to say that, like it doesn't always follow that the no. player who wins the most tournaments wins the player of the series because usually like uh, there's players who just make a bunch of final tables a bunch of deep runs but yeah so Talal won the most and uh, Yuri Martins won three as well I mean remarkably Yuri Martins has now won three for two years running so he won three last year and didn't win player of the series Uh, he's won three this year and didn't win player of the series so you know he's gone up the multiple uh, champions page he's got seven titles and six of them came in the past uh, two years which is uh... which is nuts and yeah, I mean, there were 13 double winners in addition to the two uh, triple winners. Uh, and, and of course, like, Yuri was one of the two people this year that won two titles in a single night. So there were quite a few little sort of streaks and uh, and little subplots this year. Every year, there's always something that happens during the series that makes you go, wow, that's incredible. Um, and I remember, I don't know whether you do, Joe, but at the start of last year's of WCOOP, I remember a conversation that we had with you and with Martin Harris about the list you'd compiled for the blog of players who somehow have never won a WCOOP before. Talal Shakirchi yeah. was on that list. He won his first last year oh. and comes back this year, wins three, wins player of the series. I mean, way to kind yeah. of respond to that. Yeah, we really we we actually did really well there, didn't we? We we ticked them all off last year pretty much. Uh, I think think I remember we never had Mormon on that, and I I actually think we didn't realise that he hadn't won one, or we just thought it was like impossible that he hadn't won one, and so he didn't even come to consideration. Yeah, but we definely had Talal on there, and uh, and he won one. Like I, I think you know only a few days after the list got published, that yeah. was pretty cool. And yeah, and now he's like won four, so it's it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, Howard, I know you've pulled together a bunch of stuff for the Pokestars blog, and I would recommend people go to the site and actually read it. But are there any fun stats or stories, anything we haven't mentioned so far that you would like to highlight? Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about streaks. I just noticed that, uh, so Yussi Nevenlina, Calvin 7V and Benny Glazer run Godlike. They've now won a title every year since 2018, at least one every year. So they've won four years consecutively. Uh, At the beginning of this series, Adrian Mateos and Fabiano Kowalski had also, they'd on a three-year streak, but neither of them actually won this year. So so they're streaks losers. (laughs) <laughs> yeah kind of funny though i mean I don't, I don't remember adrian mateos ever not winning an event which is uh which is kind of mad uh sorry not winning you know at least one event yeah. in a series um we also had that, that great win when san marino won so that's like the smallest country to ever win a w coupe uh, it's like i was looking it up you know there's a bunch of weird stats about countries like summer territories and whatnot but san marino's official country it's the 190th biggest country out of 193 un member states Thirty-three thousand <laughs> people there and it's now that it's it, it has a w coupe champion so I, I quite enjoyed that wow uh, howard i know that um w coupe is a lot of work for you I know you may have a, a love-hate relationship with WCOOP, maybe even a hate-hate relationship with WCOOP, but admit you're going to miss it now that it's gone, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, will, <laughs> I will be counting down the days till, uh, till Scoop. 
<laughs> I yeah, call. it's been it's been pretty long and pretty tiring. But uh, yeah, you're right though. We didn't get it extended this year, at least. Thank goodness. Yeah. Look, Howard, thank you for all the sterling work you've done. The updates on the blog have been great to read. We've appreciated your contributions to the streams and thank to you. the podcast. Thanks Good again. And, uh, I'm sure we will catch up with you again soon. Yeah, I hope you get some rest as well. Cheers. Speak soon. Well, before we draw a line under WCOOP 2021, first of all, I want to thank all of the expert commentators who worked on the streams. Yeah. Sam Grafton, Griffin Benger, Maria Ho, Nick Walsh, Richard Gaylor, who joined us for our PLO coverage on the penultimate day. Great work from all the guys, as usual. Looking forward to working with them in a future. And the other thing, thought we'd give people a chance, Joe, to hear a couple of interviews from Wednesday's live stream, from our final stream of the series. Because Team Pro did have a few results during the series. Ali Chaban yeah. made a few final tables. Lex locked up his biggest ever online score with a second place finish. Plus a couple guys actually won titles. Yes. Uh, one of them was a guest on this podcast just a few weeks ago. It's Benjamin Spraggy Sprague. Spraggy, congratulations on your second trophy. And no one can mock you about this one. You can't claim this one's illegitimate. Um, no, well, this one is in a in a proper buy, and this was a one thousand dollar buy. And the problem is, it was a turbo PKO, and for most of the tournament, I had like f- quite a short stack, and then I, you know, there's a lot of all ins, so I'm already starting to, I will say, from the haters, get a little bit of. Oh, it wasn't wait, did like you a, get like one bounty? Stack. No, I got all the bounties, but I got them in <laughs> a, in a, an aggressive fashion, shall we say, Joe? Okay, so uh, variance may have been a factor. Ultimately. Your reaction to the win on stream was fantastic, Mod, only slightly by your hair. You really need to sort it out. Overall, how has the series been for you? Uh, I would say like kind of middling. Um, I obviously came back from Vegas and jumped straight into it. I didn't have too much time to prepare. Um, and the first couple of weeks, they weren't bad. Though I, I threatened some runs. I had some deep um, situations, but always falling short, sort of final two tables, those sort of frustrating runs to WCOOP where you're never really getting anything over the line. Um, and then this win kind of came out of nowhere because, as I said, I was on the bubble with, it was a sweat whether I was going to get into the money because everyone was short around the bubble and I think I had like five or six big blinds. And then after the bu- bubble sort of doubled, tripled and, and, and just kept winning parts and lost all the chips and then got them all back. So this has kind of been a bit of a, a bit of a series saver for me, I guess. But um, yeah, it, it was never too bad uh, in the first instance. Great. Now that we've built you up, Let's talk about day two of the main event and what happened as we approached the bubble. Did you hear what Griffin had to say? I, I, I didn't hear what Griffin had to say. I, um, well, I briefly tuned in to see, watch the bust at hand. And obviously James said, I'll go back and see how badly or, or Griffin said you misplayed a bunch of spots. <laughs> I mean, the only situations I can recall were the A70 jam. A70 I jammed at 30 against a, a button steel, which... I definitely want to be jamming some offsuit ASX. They're probably more like Ace Deuce, Ace Three Off is, is preferred in Solverland. So I was definitely in Fantasyland a little bit. I could have three bet folded to like whatever seven or eight blinds. But at the same time, this is like, I think like 60 or 70 places away from the money. The guy's just going to fold a lot. I, I'm okay jamming Ace 7-0. Uh, then I lost Jax against King 10 against Stato, all in pre, which obviously, you know, I'm getting a good favorite. Rebang the ace queen. I think I folded. I think there was a hand where I remember playing tight where I had ace three suited, opened small blind three bet, and I folded in position with ace three suited, which is probably a little bit tight, but there's definitely some like bubble factor there as well coming up to the money. I like, um, I so like, I, how I don't know. Uh, did, 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 was he hating how I played? <laughs> I like how Spraggy's pretending to be confused about the hand. He's like, was it? I might have been the eight. Yes, Spraggy. I know previously in your life you would have liked to have been called a seven. Uh, that would have been a compliment to you, but from now on, that's going to be your nickname. It's going to be the ten deuce for Doyle Brunson, and the A seven is going to be this braggy henceforward. The A seven was a little aggressive. Maybe I just, <laughs> I, maybe I just threw that and then fold to the jam. But you got to put pressure on in these situations, you know. You got to, you got to put people oh, to the also, test. Silver linings. You got a hand named after you now, as well as two <laughs> W Coop trophies. The one we can see behind you, the one you'll be receiving very soon, uh, Ben. Congratulations once again. Thanks for talking to us. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. And the other team pro who won a WCOOP last week? It's Tonka. Parker, congrats on your second 
WCUBE title. Thank you. I need the top line deets. Which event was it? How much did you win? So it was a $5,000 Frizo and I won 108,000 bucks. It was nice, nice, nice little tournament, you know, actually like a, I, I hear you say you just cut up with Spraggy, like a real poker tournament, you know, like a deep stacked $5,000 buy-in against some of the world's elite, you know, not uh, one of these $1,000, you know, turbo all in <laughs> luck fests, you know, tournaments that he won. Um, not to take away from the trophy or anybody who won a turbo tournament. I'm just setting the record straight that, you know, like those. Yeah, there's a, there's a difference. So I just wanted to get out there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, continue. It sounds like it stings a little bit that you had to make room in the spotlight for Spraggy. Crazy, yeah. And then the craziest part is Lex goes and like somehow like tops us without winning a title. You know, he just gets heads up in the <laughs> 10K, 10K PSK the next day and just like has like a 2X the score that I had. Like, I don't know how, how, how he managed to do that, but... He absolutely did it. Um, but yeah, it was pretty great actually to take down the tournament and then, you know, stream a few more hours, whatever, get off stream and then hop on call with Spraggy. And there he is with uh, like three big blinds, I think, when I hopped on call with him in the 1K with like 40 or 50 left. And we were just like, this is the time. We're both going to win a W Coop in a day. We're going to do this. We can do it. And then he just did it. It was so hilarious and so amazing. But yeah, the boys did it. We got it done. And then Lex had 100,000 viewers just chatting. Uh, Parker, yeah. you won your first W Coop last year, your second one this year. Do you feel any pressure to continue the trend into next year? And have you ever considered moving to Brazil? Huh. <laughs> Not a bad shout on that last bit, but uh, I do feel the pressure. But I feel the pressure to win like a third and a fourth title, especially with how many yeah. mixed games I played. I got third place in a uh, in a Raz event in the one K Raz, um, where I had like sixty or seventy percent of the chips in play, like two times three handed, you know. So easily could have had two titles. Um, uh. And I just feel like you know I made a lot of day two mixed game tournaments, and you know next next W Coop I will win a mixed game uh, title. I can I can feel it. It's gonna okay. happen. Mark it down. Um, how has it been streaming again? Because obviously one of the reasons you stopped is it was almost a distraction to playing your A game, but it doesn't seem to have put you off in this series. Yeah, so this series, we obviously got the score. I honestly don't even know if I won money in the series, even though I had a 108K <laughs> score, just because we played so many 5Ks and 10Ks. And so many literally. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of banana games as well, a lot of two K. But I cashed all of the high stakes banana games. It's insane. Apart from the ten K eight game, that one went kind of poor. Um, yeah, that one went pretty pretty poorly. But other than that, we <laughs> had a lot of caches. Had a lot of caches in the banana games. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I, I won in the series. I think I might have won, but very very small. In fact. I actually didn't win. I'm, I'm almost certain I lost. Now that I now that I really give it a, now that I really give it a little thing. Uh, well, but we, I feel like I played great. I feel like I played great and just got crazy unlucky. You know, I only made one, two. Well, I made one no limit hold'em day two, and then and then the main events. You know, like those don't those don't really count because I, I was in for three bullets, but I hopped in like with a starting stack at the end. Basically, you know, it doesn't really. Count. I it's thought not a you real were saying two. that you only made one. Two mistakes. That's why I thought you were counting the oh, mistakes no, you made no, the entire no, no, no. series. No, no, I made hundreds <laughs> of mistakes. I am not one of these people that plays a tournament, and I'm like, oh man, I played so well in that tournament. I don't think I made. I think I made maybe made two mistakes that whole tournament. No, dude, I made a hundred thousand mistakes well, in that tournament. <laughs> the real winners of WCOOP with the audience who got to see you on stream again, Parker. We look forward to catching up with you again in the near future. Thank you. Amazing. Thanks, guys. Okay, we have put WCOOP to bed, but no sleep for us yet, Joe. That being said, I will take a nap for this week's Superfan segment as we welcome <laughs> Aaron Nap to the podcast. How are you, sir? I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> I, I thought it was pronounced Knapp anyway, so at least James got oh, it geez. right. Uh, it so is, Joe. Keep saying it like that. Aaron Knapp is a is a veteran. He's got a smoking hot redheaded wife. He's got kids. He's got a lot of sports cards. I know a little bit about Aaron Knapp already. That's right. All that describes me very well. What uh, what is it that you do with your life right now? I assume you're not in the service anymore. Thank you for your service, by the way. Yeah, currently uh, I'm actually a full time poker player. Um, I 
own a few properties and do a little bit in real estate, but, uh, that's my main source of income. So, uh, yep. Getting ready for WSOP out in Vegas. I met you down in uh, San Diego at a run good stop and Hamul. Is that uh, your stomping grounds? The, there's like a bunch of good card rooms in San Diego, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Southern California. Uh, I make it up to, you know, commerce and those one, those spots up there, hustler and whatnot every now and then, but mostly in San Diego and then the occasional Vegas trip. Now, I can tell that you have the sensibilities of a poker player, Aaron, because you made a plus EV move. Joe mentioned he'd watched the movie Mallrats. He said, I think this could be a good superfan subject. And you knew if I apply, they'll do the quiz probably two to three weeks time. Joe will feel he doesn't need to rewatch the movie because he saw it about five weeks ago, at which point he'll have completely forgotten it. And I will absolutely crush him. <laughs> All of that is correct, except for the part where I was supposed to also rewatch it, but ah. uh, have been busy with Run Good was uh, in town again. So I've been super busy with poker and uh, have a few other series coming up with the MSPT this week. So yes, all of that's true, except for my rewatching it as well. Well, I'm glad if since you're a professional poker player and that's what you and your family <laughs> subsist on, that you knocked me out of that tournament and then immediately made a deal for way more money <laughs> than <laughs> than I made. That that was an amazing uh that was one of my more amazing tournaments. I was literally down to a quarter of a big blind, uh ten thousand, twenty thousand, twenty thousand, with about twenty left, and still managed to make the final table for five figure score. So that was great. Congrats. He's just rubbing it in your nose, Joe. Uh, so I have not seen this movie <laughs> since it came out in the mid-1990s. Patrick watched it. He did not care for it. He also apologizes that this is not his best work, but bless him, he has been knee-deep, waist-deep, neck-deep in WCOOP for the last four weeks. Uh, you know the format, Aaron. You know how it works. Ten questions, multiple choice options if you want to reduce the points. You get to go first, so please give me a number between one and ten. Let's go number one. I know I'm supposed to go seven. Let's go number one. You can do whatever you want to do. Uh, <laughs> the question is, what did Silent Bob try to do after watching Star Wars? Like try to do in the movie? Um, you got options. I'm, I know, but... I'm going to go with, uh, he tried to get the VHS tape using quote unquote, the force to, uh, become dislodged. And, uh, you know, when he was hanging upside down, that's, that's what I'm going to go with. I, hope that's I right. will allow it. Jedi mind tricks was what it says here, Jedi but it's effectively the right. same things. I'll give you the two points and you're off to All a right. strong start. Joe, which question would you like? I'll take it's always coming seven, please. Okay. There you go. Joe never gets the chance. <laughs> Brody tells Mr. Svenning that he shakes hands like <laughs> Brody tells Mr. Svenning that he shakes hands like I'll have to take the choices for this Oh, this is Come on, Joe Burt Reynolds <laughs> Bruce Lee John Wayne or John Travolta oh. Yeah, you're not so confident now, are you? No, I'm not I would have got it wrong <laughs> Uh... John Wayne. No, Burt Reynolds was the answer. And we move on to round two. Uh, which number would you like for your second question, Aaron? Man, I don't agree with that last answer. It was the stink bomb thing, but how is that Burt Reynolds? Anyway. I don't remember that line either, but it's it's all yeah. maybe it's maybe the UK version's different. Because <laughs> he'd like stick his hands in his pants and then shake someone's hand. So anyway. Number three. Number three. You got a nice easy one. What year was the film released? Uh, and you just said it too. Uh, 90. Oh my gosh, I'm going to get this wrong. Uh, I know that you just said it. I didn't. I specifically avoided saying it. I alluded to the era in which it was released. Yeah, no, I'm going between 95 and 97. Um. Oh man, I'm going to have to take the choices, guys. I, you said it's an easy one. I feel bad. This is one of those things that I was, if I did any research, I would have. It's either 95 or 97. Actually, what? you know what? Let's gamble. Let's gamble and say 95. It's older than I think it is. There so. we go. 
good gamble. You get two points. It was 1995. Oh, sweet. <laughs> He's not contesting that one. Joe, what would you like next? Uh, I'll just take the highest number, please. The highest number available is number 10. You've got an easy one as well, Joe. Who Yay. directed the film? Kevin Smith. For two points, you're oh, on the board. Four to the score. That's a, that's a hard one. Uh, one, three, seven, and ten have gone. Aaron, you can have any other number. Let's go number two so we can lock up the bottom here. Okay, what's the name of the mall? <laughs> uh, I'm definitely going to have to take choices on that one. Okay, is it Royal Oak Hall, Amazon Fields, Eden Prairie Center, or the Whitgift Center? Oh, man. I'm, yeah, not, not positive about this, but I'm going to go with the second one you said. Amazon Fields is incorrect. Uh, shout out to yeah. Patrick, by the way, for including the Whitgift Center, which is a really dodgy shopping center in Croydon. Uh, Eden Prairie <laughs> Center was the actual answer. And Joe, you're up. Four, five, six, eight, or nine. Question five, please. Question number five. Where does Shannon take Rene on a lunch date? The food court. Where specifically in the food court? <laughs> That's what I would have said too. <laughs> I'll take the choices, please. Is it Chuck E. Cheese, Cheese Castle, Cheese House, or Cheese Town? Cheese Town. No, it was Cheese House. <laughs> And Aaron, <laughs> four, six, eight, or nine? Number four, let's keep it going. Number four, what kind of stain does Willem have on his shirt? Kind of stain does Will Willem was the big dude. Uh, jeez. Let's do the choices. Mustard, ketchup, barbecue sauce, or mayonnaise? Uh, let's go with mustard. He wins another flip. Just the one point for that one, though, and the score is 5-2. Joe, 6, 8, or 9? 6, please. Oh, got it. Question number 6. What's the name of Mr. Svenning's assistant? I'll take the choices. Is it Robert, Rod, Roland, or Roger? Rod. It is Rod for a point, and the score is 5-3. <laughs> we go into the final round. You can have eight or nine, Aaron. Number... Wait a second. Number nine is Joe's lucky number. Let's go number nine. <laughs> number nine. What is Doug Paging's major? Doug... Why did I pick that one? Because I know that Patrick always tries to stump him. <laughs> Joe's back there giggling and he knows that I should never pick number nine. Um, give me the options, man. Accounting. I can do strategically since I'm ahead by two. Okay, right, here sorry. are the options. Accounting, economics, yeah. business studies, or film studies. And, and, and then, I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? You said Doug Paging's... Uh, major. Major, major. It was accounting. One more time, sorry. Accounting, economics... Business studies or film studies? Mm. It's going to be another flip. I'm going to say film studies. No, it was economics. So here's the deal, Joe. You're yeah. only down two. If yeah. you can get question eight correct without taking the options, we yeah. go to the tiebreaker. Yeah. Question eight. Yeah. In which state were the mall shots filmed in? I should be okay here. I guess there's only one state I can think of. I mean, he likes to. Uh, I'll just. Uh, there's only one guess I can make. Wait, yeah, hold Kevin, on. Kevin Smith guess. New Jersey. Yeah. Was not even one of the options. Minnesota was the answer. <laughs> so by a score of five points to three, despite neither of you really knowing the movie that well. It is our superfan Aaron who has conquered this round of superfan versus tapes. And Aaron will make sure you get a pack 
of Pokestar swag dispatched across the Atlantic to sunny California. Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Aaron uh, busts me again. Over two against Aaron. Hey, guys. And sorry to hear about uh, about Norm. I know that everybody lost a comedy legend this week, guys. I know you guys proposed, Joe. Thank you. Thanks for uh, thanks for acknowledging it, Aaron. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks, guys. Have a great one. All right, my babies, we're almost out of time for this week's show. Coming up next week, we don't have the week off? Nope, no rest for the wicked. The idea of these episodes during WCOOP is they were meant to be a little bit shorter. They did mostly come under the hour mark, but even so. uh, Yeah, everything's back to normal next week. Recording on a Wednesday, releasing on a Thursday. And on Monday nights, Joe, we're back in the PokerStars arena. Sunday Million Streams every Monday night. All right, so join us for the Sunday Million stream if you want to hear from us next because I don't know next week's show who we're going to talk to or what the show is going to be about, but I literally can't think about it right now. Just give me like a day. I'm going to start keeping up with Discord too now. I promise. Just give me two to three weeks and I'm on it. I'll be all over it. I can tell you three things about next week's podcast. Number one, we are going to hear from the newest member of Team Pro, Ben Roller, aka Ben CB. He's going to be next week's guest. Okay. We are going to take you, the audience, behind the scenes on our streams. Now, this comes from the podcast suggestions channel on Discord. We have been asked, Joe, to talk about the prep that goes into our Cards Up coverage of online tournaments. So, we're going to talk about that a little bit. And Last but by no means least, next week's superfan subject is Doyle Brunson's super system. The clock is running, Joe. You have seven (laughs) days to read a tome of a book. Remember when I didn't watch a movie (laughs) because I was too lazy? I'm definitely not reading Super System, so great choice. Uh, But maybe I've picked up enough over the years from Super System. It's always multiple choice. Maybe I got a shot. You guys should get on the Discord because I am going to hop in there and participate a little bit more now that things have calmed down for me a little bit. That is all the time we have got for this week's show. Until next time, for James Hardigan, this is Joe Stapleton saying, smell you later. Later.